Shabbat Shalom, everyone. So, I wanted to talk to you about a tradition. Is this on? I wanted to talk to you about a tradition that we have in Judaism uh, of reading Psalm 27 every day and evening, in the morning and the evening, throughout the month of Elul and through to Rosh, uh, to uh, Hoshana Rabbah, which is the last day of Sukkot. Uh, interestingly enough, this custom, uh, we don't find this custom in the ancient sources. It really began sometime in the 18th century. Uh, but it's an interesting psalm, and uh, I don't know if you've been reading it, on a regular basis during this period of time. But I thought we would go over it today in an effort to try to understand a little bit of it and receive encouragement from it as we enter into the high holy days and the new year. In our custom, in our understanding of the Torah, Moses went up to the mountain of God three times all during this, uh, these periods leading up to Yom Kippur. The first time we find it in Exodus chapter 19, you know, we all gathered around the mountain. There God was going to give us the Torah. And Moses ascended to the mountain to receive the Ten Commandments. You can find this in Exodus chapter 19. And while he was there, God gave to him the entire Torah. And he was there for 40 days speaking with God, learning from the Torah, and being given the tablets of stone written with the finger of God. But we know that there was a disturbance in the camp. The children of Israel were worrying about Moses. He hadn't come down exactly when he said he would be back. There was some concern about it, and so they convinced Aaron, his brother, to make the golden calf. A terrible, terrible sin, a violation of the very first commandment of God. And so Moses came down from the mountain and smashed those tablets in his anger. God was very angry and there was a great judgment on the camp. But there would have been a greater one had not Moses pleaded for the people before God. And that was the second time he went up to the mountain. You'll find that in Exodus chapter 33. He goes up to the mountain and there he gets God to agree to renew the covenant with the children of Israel despite their sin. God listens to him. And then he asks Moses to come back up after he has carved out another set of stones himself. And on these stones, God will write the commandments once again and renew the covenant with the people. So Moses went up the third time. And that's the time that we're in right now. He went up at the beginning of Elul and came down on the day before Yom Kippur. Because there he was to seal this covenant with God for the forgiveness of the sins 
of the children of Israel. He went up there even though God was angry. Even though God had every right to destroy all the people. And so during that period of time, that 40 days in the month of Elul, the people were worried, they were afraid that God might not renew the covenant again. And so they prayed fervently, they repented seriously during that period of time in the hope that when he returned, God would indeed forgive them. And so I suppose in our tradition, we say Psalm 27 as uh, in solidarity with our people for the hope of the forgiveness of sins. So I thought today we would go through it um, together. If you have a Bible, you can open to Psalm 27. If not, I'll have some of the scriptures up on the board for you. And I'll read through the psalm with you. It's not that long. But as we do, I want you to think about, I want you to make note of five words that I'm going to tell you which I hope you'll hold on to during this month as we get prepared for the new year. So the psalm opens like this with this little slide that I gave you. Psalm 27 begins, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the defense of my life. Whom shall I dread? When evildoers come upon me to devour my flesh, my adversaries and my enemies, they stumbled and fell. Though a host encamp against me, my heart will not fear. A war arise against me. In spite of this, I shall be confident. Now, of course, this is a psalm of David. And David was always on the run. He was fighting lots of times. And his enemies were always surrounding him. So he had great number of occasions to ask God to protect him. But so do all of we. We live in a precarious world of our own. And all of us have stuff going on. We may not have people with knives and spears running us down, but we all have our own little adversaries that we're facing all the time. And so the first word I want you to think about is assurance. Because God is our assurance. God is our light and our salvation. There's a midrash regarding this very sentence, this portion. It says, the rabbis explain this chapter as referring to Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. The Lord is my light on Rosh Hashanah. And the Lord is my salvation on Yom Kippur. So we have assurance from God that he is with us when we are with him. If you think about the sin of the golden calf, who abandoned who? The people were worried that Moses hadn't come down at precisely the moment that he had told them he would return. But they were the ones who left. And friends, 99 times, no, 100% of the time, 
We leave, not God. So when we lose our assurance, when we lose our confidence about things, when we lose this whole notion that God is, whether God is with us or not, it's only because we leave for whatever our reasons. The Lord is our light and our salvation. Whom shall we dread? The defense of our life. And though all things rise up against us, we can be confident because of the Lord. So the second word I want you to think about is comes from the next portion, which says, One thing I have asked from the Lord, that shall I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. For in the day of trouble, he will conceal me in his tabernacle. In the secret place of his tent, he will hide me. He will lift me up on a rock. And now my head will be lifted up above my enemies around me, and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing. Yes, I will sing praises to the Lord. Dwell with the Lord. That word yashav means to settle down. We have to settle down with God. To desire to be in God's presence. You know, and that means being quiet. Now, how many of us have the, have, have the ability to be quiet for more than 15 minutes at a time? You know, I find it a remarkable thing. Um, that even adults in these in this day and age have a real hard time sitting still. I guess we're all ADD or whatever alphabet soup you want to use. I don't know. I think uh, just the, the swift movement of our culture does not allow for this kind of thinking anymore. You know, right? I mean, if you watch television... Uh, you know, I'll, I'll tell you a story. I remember sitting in my wife and I's first apartment. We were living on this tiny little apartment on Shana Terrace. And we were in a bedroom, and we were watching, we had a TV in there. And those, you remember the old TVs with tubes? And uh, it, it was in the mid-70s, and we saw our first music video. I don't remember who it was, what group it was, or anything, or anything like that. And I said, music is dead. Music is dead. Good music is over. Because I watched this video, and I can remember this much about it. The images were like this. One second, boom, and another, and another, and another. It was like no... Could you just stand there and let me see what's going on, please? No, instead you bombarded my mind with like 5,200 images inside of three minutes. And I said, man, I didn't even know what the music piece was because my brain was too scrambled. And I think it's affected our ability to sit before the Lord, which is where that verb to dwell comes from. To be able to just sit there and be in the presence of God. We need too many, too much stimulation 
when what we need is to quiet our hearts and our minds so that we can be filled with the mind of God. One thing I've asked from the Lord, that shall I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to meditate in his temple. This was David's great hope. That he would have time for some quiet in his life. And brothers and sisters, I believe we need that same kind of quiet. Dwell in the presence of the Lord. Third, a third word is here. Psalm 27 says, uh, in verses 7 and following, says, Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice, and be gracious to me and answer me. When you said, Seek my face, my heart said to you, Your face, I, O Lord, I shall seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my help. Do not abandon me or forsake me, O God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me up. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. That's what we all hope for. But how can we hear if we cannot be still? We need to be still so that we might hear the voice of God. The story, one of the great stories of the Bible is about Elijah when he is fleeing from Jezebel. He had that great victory over all the prophets of Baal, kicked 40, 400 of their butts and laid them to waste. But Jezebel said, if you're not dead by tomorrow, I'm not queen of this country. And he ran and he ran and he ran. After all this victory, he ran away. And he runs into the wilderness, and there the Lord ministers to him. He feeds him. He lets him sleep. And the scripture tells us that in his depression, he said, Lord, they've killed all your prophets, and I'm the only one who's left. What am I going to do? And God said, you know, you're too upset. Here's what. Have something to eat. Take another nap. And when you're nice and rested, I'll talk to you. He does so, and the angel comes to speak to him. But he says he's, he begins to hear the vo- hear, hear something. He sees a whirlwind, but God's not in the whirlwind. He sees a great fire, but God is not in the fire. But God comes to him in a still, small voice. The still, small voice is because that's the you need to really be listening to hear the still, small voice of God. We need to be quiet enough to hear the voice of God. Then we can respond the way David responded. When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, O Lord, I shall seek. When we can listen to the voice of God and know that he's calling to us, then we can seek the face of God. We need, to dwell, we need to have the assurance that God is with us. But we need, to be, we need to sit before the Lord and meditate on him. And we need to hear his voice because he will hear us when we cry. Even though you think he, he doesn't hear you, 
And how many times has that happened to you? Oh God, are you hearing my voice? Yes. God hears. But we need to listen. So, what does Messiah Yeshua say? He says, my sheep hear my voice. And they listen to me. And I give eternal life to them. One more word. Verse 11 and following says, Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a level path because of my foes. Do not deliver me over to the desire of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and such as breathe out violence. I would have despaired unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path. This we need to know. We need to be learners. God wants to teach us his ways. All of this talk about Moses going up and down the mountain was all about the children of Israel learning what it was that God wanted them to know. This week's Torah portion, Kitavo, remember all of these commandments. What's that, what's that final verse from Kitavo this week? Remember to do everything and you'll be all right. It's 29.9. So keep the words of this covenant to do them, that you may prosper in all that you do. Well, there's only one way to be able to keep them, and that is to know them. So we must be eternal students, students of the word. Because how will we know what to do? How will we be able to do them if we don't even know what they are or how they apply to our own lives? But if we will, then God will keep us on a level path. He'll show us the way. We're always fussing about, oh God, what do you want from me? I, I don't know how many times I have to sit with people and ask them and talk to them about what I'm trying to hear for the voice of God. Well, God's voice is articulated quite in detail in the, in the words of Scripture. And if you know them, you're pretty much on your way to what you have to be doing. This is why most people don't know what to do because they don't know what's written in the book. God's will is made quite clear. If only we will learn. The Lord will teach us and we have the great teacher, our Messiah, Yeshua, to rely on. And the Holy Spirit, whom he has left with us, who will guide us and keep us on a level path. But that means keeping our heart open, keeping our ears open. So, learning from the Lord. Be a student of God's word. One more word. The word we all hate. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Yes, wait for the Lord. We all want God to do what we want when we want it. And I'm no different than you. I don't like waiting for anything either. 
and yet it's part of the game. It's part of the, it's part of the process of growing in God, being able to wait for the Lord. So as, as he completes what it is he is going to do, you know, I know the kind of season we're in here right now. You know, there's a lot of Mishigas going on about blood moons and smitas and, and all of that stems from impatience. Am I right? It stems from impatience. We want stuff to happen. God is taking too long for my satisfaction. Well, He's not on your timetable. Time doesn't mean the same thing to him that it might mean to you. And we have got to resist the temptation to tell God that he's on the wrong timetable. And that, oh yes, you know, this means this. This event in history means this. Or this thing means that. Don't don't get yourself fooled by those things. There's an old adage in the Jewish, uh, in Jewish tradition regarding the return of the Messiah, or the coming of the Messiah, I should say, technically. And it says this, it says, if you are planting a tree and you hear that the Messiah is coming, finish planting your tree and then go see. You see, God wants us to wait for him. Because don't worry about it. He'll take care of all the business that needs to be taken care of without your help. He has it all in hand. And there ain't a darn thing you can do to make it any better or worse. Let's just wait for him. So I began this sermon by telling you that Moses went up to the mountain three times. The third time to secure the renewal of the covenant. He went up with the stones that he had carved. And God wrote on them the Ten Commandments all over again. And he brought them down, the, the tradition says, on Yom Kippur. There to secure the forgiveness of his people. But I say to you that our Messiah Yeshua has gone up to the mountain for the final time to secure our relationship eternally with our God. And so as we read through this, this, this psalm, Psalm 27, which I encourage you to read every day, we can build our confidence because with the confidence that we have in Messiah, whom shall we fear? Amen.